welcome to the Creative Assist Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter, and I appreciate you for listening. This is a podcast where we speak with different creative entrepreneurs about their strategies, stories, and tips to apply and learn. You can find us on all social media platforms at Creative Assist, and that's at C-R-E-A-T-V-A-S-S-I-S-T, or you can find us at creativeassist.com. Hey everyone, before the show starts, I'd like to give a huge shout out and thanks to our partners at Art and Ambition Studios. If you're a creator, I highly recommend you check them out for resources, support, and to go ahead and check out more that they have to offer, check them out at artandambitionstudios.com. Once again, that is artandambitionstudios.com. Thank you guys and let's get on with the show. Good afternoon, everybody. I appreciate you for tuning in. As always, I encourage you guys to subscribe, share, and leave some feedback. That's greatly appreciated. So this is a throwback episode. Uh, We're going to be talking with, speaking with Kenneth Elliott, and Kenneth is in tech. Uh, He talks about different things in this episode, from coding to web development and design. I want to present this to you just in case you're trying to find a new career and you're debating off and on about what you should do, um, or if you have some downtime or you just want to learn a new skill, uh, whatever it may be. I think technology is a good place to begin. That's where the future is headed. That's where we're always headed. So um, I just wanted to refresh your memory on this if you've heard it before. Uh, it's a good episode. Nonetheless, I am <laughs> I was a younger podcaster, so, you know, I do a lot of stuttering. I do the whole thing, you know what I'm saying? I do the whole, like, you know, the... You guys will hear it. Anyway, I appreciate y'all for tuning in and uh, enjoy the episode. Um, today I have... Uh, Ken Elliott with us today. What's going on, my man? Uh, Dex, how you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good. Just shaking off my morning voice and everything, trying to get ready. It is 8.16 a.m., so um, yeah, it's a little shaky right now, but <laughs> hopefully uh, I'll be I all see. right. I yeah. see. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 11. It's 11.16 over here, so no wonder why you're shaking your morning voice off. I mean, <laughs> I've been up for five hours now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but hey, you know it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah. Today, today I'm talking with uh with, with with Kenneth because um, uh, he's a web developer, and I really am interested in what he's doing because you know he's another creator like me, and like you know we're like minded in a lot of ways. And uh, I've always been wanting to talk to a web developer as well, and someone who's in tech and has the, that type of experience. So yeah, I'm happy to have you on the show so we can chat about something other than photography. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, I'm glad you um, reached out to me. Like I said, love to chat about on the creative space and definitely about um, web development. Oh, awesome, man. Awesome. Um, let me just, oh, yeah, let me pop up these notes really quickly here. So let's see, let's see. All righty. So let's get going, shall we? Um, yeah. yeah, so usually we start the show by asking the guests, um, you know, if you, might, if you don't mind giving us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do. Okay, okay. So um, again, um. Ken, Kenneth Elliott. Um, I'm a professional web developer and a digital brand consultant. Um, I have my own business with my partner, um, B Creative Media Solutions, where we provide um, branding solutions to small and medium-sized businesses that are looking to kind of grow their brand. Um, also, um, kind of to get back a little bit, I've kind of been doing web design for about 20 years, so we'll just kind of not to date me a little bit, we'll just say 19, <laughs> we'll just say 1998, but um, pretty much um, been doing it for like since 1998. And then also I'm a founder of a local creative group and um, I'm a co-organizer of a local um, WordPress meetup um, chapter here in Columbia. 
Okay, yeah, that's that's really cool. And since 1998, I mean, wow, you have a lot of experience in your belt, man. That's something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny? I always tell people when people say 20 years and they say 1998, it's always like, wow, you've been doing web design for a long time. You know, it's funny because I actually learned to build my first website um, back before I entered high school. So it's oh, kind wow. of a crazy thing uh, how it happened because. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but <laughs> and, you, and you let me, but I mean, really, I just said, okay, well, Hey, it's something to learn. I see other people are doing it. So let me take a crack at it. And I just have been doing it ever since. That's great, man. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Honestly, because like so many people, and this is like totally off tangent, but like so many people, right. Even myself, I, it took me until maybe eight years after high school. I'm almost 26 now to figure out what the hell I'm trying to do in life. <laughs> you know what I'm like, and I, I know that same thing for a lot of the people I know, like it, it takes a while to understand like yourself. Right. And like yeah. the things that you might want to do for some people, you know, they already have their eyes set on something, but for others, it might take some college experience. It might take some life experience. I know yeah, for me, yeah. life, life took me hell and back before I figured something out. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I see that's something for you that you always like really, um, really were into then. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of what kind of worked out was like when I learned it, um, back in high school, I mean, I kept dabbling. I played with it a little bit, but what was kind of funny and, I'm, it wasn't really funny, and it's not even a laughing experience. <laughs> I laugh at it now. But when I went into college, you know, the mindset wasn't around websites and building websites, and you can make money doing websites. You know, everybody back then, this is what, Windows 98? So, oh, man. You know, you're talking about Windows 98. Everybody's talking about building applications for Windows and, hey, let's build some software or let's go build the next, you know, Microsoft Office or something. I don't know. But back then, it's all of this application-based stuff. And so when I went to college, I wasn't thinking, oh, okay, let me go build websites. It was more, okay, I need to go to college. I love, you know, programming websites. So let me go learn how to program, you know, applications, which now we know it's kind of like a big difference between programming. I mean, it kind of, they're kind of merging it back together now because everything's going to the cloud. But mm -hmm. back then, there was so much of a difference between doing stuff online and doing stuff on a computer that, you know, you had to pick one or the other. So yeah. at that point I was kind of like, eh, I don't really enjoy doing the computer software based stuff. But, and so really when I was in college, I kind of put websites down. I was, I, I, I didn't get back into it until, uh -huh. um, yeah. Like until maybe, what was it? It might've been 2005 when I actually said, okay, this guy actually approached me and said, Hey, um, I was looking for somebody who can do websites. And my um, friend told me that you did websites. He was doing like a nightlife website. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do it. And um, that's actually <laughs> when I get, <laughs> I know. That's, well, I mean, for the most part, cause what ended up happening was he was taking photos and I was doing the website. So I was, I was making, supposed to be making some money from that. And I was like, okay, so I'm doing all the technical stuff. And he, doing all the photos so people can go to the website. Um, but that's actually what got me back into doing websites again. Um, that and the fact that he kind of tried to shice me on money. And so eventually I was like, okay, well, you know what? Since you don't want to pay me, I'm going to take your idea. I'm going to go ahead and run with it and make it larger than you ever envisioned. And then actually 
long story short, ended up selling the naming right to another company up in um, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting how that story turned all out. <laughs> it, 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 it was a, it was a, a lose situation that ended up turning out to be a big win. Right. Yeah. That so should be how life works. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, damn. I'm trying to think yeah, about have I ever had any crazy situation? I don't think I've had anything like that yet. I don't think I've had any crazy situations like that. But just yeah, like, like, like around. Yeah, it'll, most likely. <laughs> um, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Um, no, nah, but that's really cool. And uh, I, I guess that kind of follows up with my next question I was about to ask. But I was going to say, what sparked the inspiration or motive to get you into tech? Was was that right there um, the starting factor of it? So the big one was um, back in that was back in '98, where um, well, I'll I'll take it back even further than that. I was in elementary school, and they were starting to imp, you know bring in computers and stuff like that. You know those big brick computers. Um, I, oh I think, yeah. I think it was the Apple still had those big computers. You still had to do floppy disks and stuff. You'd oh wait, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. Was that man. when the uh, was that when they had like those um those Apple computers that were like colorful on the sides of them? Yes. Yeah, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Those were, you know, you put the floppy disk in and I'm talking about, you're like, okay, which one do I want to play today? The organ trail? And of course, you get to the, halfway through the organ trail, you got to put the other floppy disk in to finish it. But um, <laughs> those, were, those were real crazy days, man. But that's how I kind of got interested in doing, um, was it, um, computers at that point. And then it wasn't really, and so, you know, growing up, you were just, I'm playing with a computer. Mom bought me a computer when I was about 12. And then I ended up starting to get on there, pulling around with a computer, trying to figure out how to do stuff, figure out stuff. And then eventually my mom bought, L, my mom and dad bought AOL. And so of course, you know, just like anybody who gets on AOL, it's like, oh man, the internet, wow, look at all the possibilities. <laughs> but, but truth be told, I didn't do nothing but go in chat rooms. I'm sitting here chatting it up, trying to be a, um, AOL celebrity. <laughs> so I'm in these chat rooms and then, you know, after a while I see, um, one of my quote unquote online friends, um, you know, before social media, I guess you can kind of say one of your friends online, um, you end up seeing them in the chat room and they say, Hey, I did a website. Um, check it out. They put the link in. I checked it out. I was like, if you can do a website, shoot, I know I can do a website. Cause not that I was thinking belittling that person, but I was kind of like, man, if they can do a website, I know I can do a website. So I ended up, I started going and looking around. I kind of um, tried to look at a few sources. And actually, I built my first website using Microsoft Word. And so a lot of people don't know that Microsoft Word actually provides a way for you to build a website. I mean, of course, it didn't look anything to talk about. But back then, most mm -hmm. websites didn't look like anything to talk about. But that's how I kind of got into it. I, once I got that little push, from somebody in the AOL chat room, that's what actually motivated me to go and learn how to build websites. Oh, wow. That's something else. Honestly, I didn't know you can do that in something as simple as Microsoft Word. That's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't even know. If, I, I haven't checked in a while. You're going to make me go click. But um, <laughs> I, I don't think you can do it these days. Yeah, but there used to be a way where you can actually build um, websites. And I can't tell. But yeah, it's a trip. Yeah, they actually, yeah, they actually have. Um, no, they don't have it anymore. But yeah, there used to be a way you can just go right in and just build websites. Um, there was like a little link you can click and say "build a website." You click it, and mm -hmm. then it will bring up this template on how to um, where to put stuff out on the web on the um, in a document. 
Oh damn! Well, that's pretty cool, though. It's a pretty cool fact. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. It's funny too. How, like everyone else around you is like, "Oh man, there's so much opportunity in the internet," and you were there trying to be like the the first, the world's first influencer. Look at you! <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Exactly. There, man. Were, there were much more um, influential people in AOL chat than me. I was just trying to be one of the influencers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's comedy, man. But. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned floppy disk and that brought me way back. I think my even my dad was still using floppy disk up until probably 2015. I'm like, I'm just like, what? What is this? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> he, he he likes to he at the time he liked to build um, computers and when okay. he would build them, they were all old software. You know, um, I think at the time oh, wow. he was probably still using Windows Vista, so he would build all this like older software like and um, he. And as, as far as I could remember, he was, he's been building and, you know, taking apart computers and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, he was using those damn little floppy disks up until 2015. And <laughs> looking back at it, I'm like, man, this guy is nuts. What the oh hell? Oh, my God. Yo, like back in those days, I want to say, was it, I'm trying to remember, was the CD-ROM even available then? I'm, I'm not even sure. It. I'm trying to, but <laughs> I remember there was one instance where to install Windows, you had to get like at least seven floppy disks. I want to say, I'm trying to remember, was it Windows 3 or was it Windows 95? One of the two, you had to get like seven floppy disks to install it. God damn. <laughs> and, and literally, you're doing this, you're popping it in, it'll install a little bit, and it'll say, put in disk two. You'll pop it out, pop the next one in, and you'll get that disk, and it's like, install, put in Windows disk number three. You're like, man, by the time I install Windows, it's going to be midnight sometime and you work on that thing like that morning or that afternoon. Like literally it was taking that long to put that stuff on a desktop. But. That's ridiculous. And that kind of brings me back. <laughs> I keep having these flashbacks, but um, it reminds yeah. me of like, have you ever heard of um, Roller Coaster Ty- the Tycoon? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> man. Yo, don't even give me shit on Roller Coaster oh, Tycoon. That was my shit, man. I ain't going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> like Dover, that game, Roller Coaster Tycoon and, um, like SimCity, like mm-hmm. I, I was a big SimCity head. Like people would come up and they'd be like, Ken, what you doing? Matter of fact, friends would come to my house. Like literally I would have Nintendo and Sega Genesis, but for some reason I'd be sitting there playing SimCity 2000. They're like, Ken, what you doing? Oh, you, oh you're playing SimCity. Oh, okay. You want to go <laughs> here and play? You want to play um, Killer Instinct or Madden? I'm like, Man, now nah, I gotta watch these CDs. Look, I think there's a fire over here. I gotta put this fire out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was just it was just so interesting, right? Like it's, it's intriguing to see you build something and watch all the people come and how they interact with your um park or your city, and it, it's kind of cool just to watch that stuff as it's being built because it's like okay, I built that, and so I have to be, and you have to kind of tend to it, like okay. If I know I put too sharp of a cur- tur- curve on this roller coaster, it's going to roll back and hit the other car. And then, of course, no one's going to ride that roller coaster because, right. you know, there's fatalities and deaths. But <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you do it on purpose just because you want to see a big bang and crash. But <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for sure. There's been plenty of times where I put that thing, I, I made a high, like, like, I don't even know what you call it. I guess like a ramp. And then it came down and I, I stopped building it. So they just Whoa. flew right off and it just crashed. <laughs> I just had to see. I was curious, man. It's like, is it what happened? Uh, the next thing you know, no one's on the ride. I think you're like, man, ain't no one getting on my ride no more. I guess I got to tear it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're shutting my park down and everything. <laughs> oh, man, man, good times, though. Damn, that brought me back to a lot right there. Yeah, man. That's that crazy, nostalgia. Man. That, that 90s was something nice, man. I love 90s, but that's, 
another topic. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other podcast, actually. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, because yeah, the nineties were a great time, man. But um, uh, shoot, where was I? Oh yeah, but the, that was good. But not to get off tangent, but um, speaking about like life and everything and how everything kind of works and how you know we're having these flashback moments and all this nostalgia, right? But let's talk about knowing your mission in life, you know. Since like I know me and you, we talked a little bit about this on uh, Twitter back and forth, you know, about you know staying focused on your mission and what's meant for you, right? And um, so like how important is this to you and to stay constantly aligned? Because even off air, I mentioned that you said something about alignment and I'm I'm the same way. Um, You know, I I like to stay kind of like focused on what I'm supposed to be focused on and that's it. I'm not worried about anything else. Like I'm, I'm built for what I'm kind of doing and like, I'm just trying to make sure that other people's motives or opinions don't get involved in that. Uh, So talk, talk a little bit about like, you know, how this mission thing in life is important to you? Mission is kind of, it's, it's very important to me, mostly because in, in this space, your mind has to be in the right place in the, you know, always and, and especially during the right time. And so when I kind of first got into the tech space, you know, of course I was, like I said, I was doing it because, Someone else did it, so I can do it. But there are times when there's times when you're doing it, you're kind of like, eh, I don't like how this is working out. I don't like how the pivoting. I don't like doing this and that and the other. And so you'll sit there, because I remember, I, I, and I'll be, I'll be honest. When I got into tech, I was like, yo, I got to make this money. It's all about this money. Got to, you know, mom was like, hey, you know, there's a lot of money in computers. You better get behind it now. And I was like, okay, yeah, absolutely, I'm gonna do that. Um, and so, you know, if you're focusing on the money, but then eventually it's like, okay, well, you got to also do, you know, just like, you know, Biggie used to say all the time, you know, more money, more problems. And so you're making the money, but then you also have bigger problems. And especially in the space where you're dealing with, okay, the numbers don't favor us as well. Cause you're talking about men, there might be like men of color. It might be like 5% of us in the yeah. field. Women might be, three percent and so the numbers just don't look good and so the mission has now instead of becoming more about the money which the money helps you know you as long as you're using it for the right purpose but the big thing for me now is okay how can i help those who are looking to learn what i've learned over my 20 years how can i help them grow and navigate and build their career careers in tech or as a creative or as an entrepreneur. Right. Right. So it's like kind of like, so for you, it's adapted into, um, well, no, I didn't want to say adapted, but you kind of learned that the money is going to be there, you know, yeah. but then like the, the bigger, you had like a, a, a bigger purpose for it all. Yeah. Absolutely. I think once you realize that your path is your path and can't nobody take your path, then everything will come around full circle. Like as even, and what's crazy about it is if you would have met me three years ago, you, I probably would have never done this podcast three years ago, mostly because I was super shy. And mm-hmm. so it took me kind of getting out of my shell, kind of progressing. There were, there were a lot of steps that got me to where I am now. Like my business partner, he moved from Columbia. He took, um, he took a job, which, I was okay with, he took a job with um, Lexus and he's doing really well with Lexus. Um, 
and working at their headquarters. And then, so I had to learn how to sell websites to strangers, which pretty much is what you're doing when you're talking to clients to strangers, you're trying to sell strangers on what you're doing. And so I had to learn how to do that. And then I still had to learn to overcome imposter syndrome, which mm-hmm. I would go and I'll speak to peers and I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm just the guy. I just do little websites. But um, eventually you got to say, okay, well, I'm not just this little pawn in a room. I actually know something. I actually have information that I can share with the community and with my peers. So I'm willing to share that information with them to help them, you know, leapfrog over, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of mistakes that I made. So right. they can just come right in, like hit the ground running. That's, that's really what it is. And so those steps have helped me to be able to provide the knowledge that I know now and not kind of, you know, of course, stay as humbled about it as possible because I want to make sure that whatever I'm offering is not like, oh, okay, Ken's talking like this because, you know, he thinks he's the stuff, but I'm not. <laughs> I mean, right. the truth is, I'm just like you. I'm trying to learn this field because who knows, my next 20 years might be even harder than my last 20 years. I don't know. But the goal is, as I'm marching on these 20 years, I want to make sure that I'm leading in a way where if you were to come up to this, I could tell you, okay, this is the best way to navigate it. Right. That's good, man. And that makes a lot of sense, especially, I think that's important because especially in this age where we're learning um, kind of off the cuff, you know, a lot of us, it is kind of like studying at YouTube university, right. And like, <laughs> <laughs> like colleges might not be the route for like a lot of us or some of us. And um, you know, we're looking for guidance and advice, but accurate guidance and advice, you know? Absolutely. So um, yeah, I think what you're doing is huge and also building a community around that I think is a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely the YouTube aspect, learn as much as you can from YouTube. YouTube is going to give you as much as you can get um, in regards to schooling. Like I said, if you go to school, go. Um, Hopefully you won't have a whole lot of debt because that's kind of hindrance, you know, once you get out of college. But um, like I said, go to school, but definitely make sure go to school. Don't Don't go to school only looking to get an education. Make sure to go to school to actually connect and collaborate with your peers because these will end up being people that you will reach out to um, later on in your life. Cause I have buddies who work for Microsoft and they work for law firms and um, different organizations. And I can say, Hey, do you know someone I could talk to that could help with this? And most in most cases they do. And so it kind of helps triage problems that I couldn't do by myself alone. Just searching Google or going to any of these websites like Stack Overflow to learn. I right. can actually I actually have a person that I could talk to to help resolve a situation. Yeah, and that's good too. That's really good because there's oftentimes I've, I watch YouTube and you know there's, there's only so much you can really learn before they try and yeah. throw you into a sales funnel. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they try and get you, they try to hit you with that like three ninety nine course and or you know a mentorship or something like that. So it's you know it's really cool, but you know in return like obviously that would be some good info if the person is legitimate, right? But uh, I still yeah. like to say like it's good to just have that person like in person so you can kind of learn everything and you know get a lot more nuanced info and uh, personalized questions so that's really cool yeah that's really cool and that's also the kind of like the inspiration for me um in with with podcasting with the podcasting because um 
I've always was interested in a lot of different fields and um, I just kind of try to learn and hopefully, you know, for the people who listen to each individual episode on how they want to do something, they can pick it up from there, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, man, it, it's really a good time to be uh, like getting into something and learning about things, especially with so much info going around. And uh, yeah, I mean, what a time, shit. <laughs> what a time. <laughs> uh, what a time to be alive, man. Yeah, um, yeah. And speaking about that too, like we often hear, uh, how do I get into tech? And that's a pretty broad question. Um, and to my understanding, uh, there's plenty of ways to get into tech, right? Like aside from, from programming and web development and, and such. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Man, let me see. So you probably... Here's what I would say, and I mean, before you even get into college, I would probably, I mean, even like if you go into high school, um, I'll go into high school with the mindset of saying, all right, what do I, what does tech look like for me? Mm -hmm. So, so I'll give an example, like, you know, of course, when our parents were coming up, it's like, okay, go into college, you know, graduate, get a job, you know, work there a long time, you know, then you retire, you get benefits, all that stuff. Uh, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm okay with that. But I mean, you have to understand really what the, and I mean, of course, when you're a teenager, you're not thinking about those things. You're thinking about, oh, okay, I'm trying to get to, you know, you're trying to be where it's at. In a lot of instances, you're not thinking of, okay, where do I see myself? What is it? 20 years down the, down the line when you graduate high school. And so you have to kind of navigate and understand what do you really want for yourself in tech? Like, and so once you kind of understand what you are trying to get out of tech, okay, I'm trying to be a uh, computer engineer, or I'm trying to work on app development, or I'm trying to um, become a, what was it kind of like a analyst in mm -hmm. regards doing data and statistics, then you can say, okay, now I know where I want to be, what I want to be in the long term. How do I get there now? And the, the, and the easiest way to do it, time to do it is now, because once you get into college, I mean, the only time you can do it outside of, you know, college is, you know, in your free time. But in college, of course, you're spending time trying to hang with friends and do schoolwork. So the best time to do it is in high school, because you can go ahead and start building that craft while you're in high school. And so when you hit college, all you're doing is just coursework. You know the material. So all you got to do is just do coursework. Oh, okay. And it's a whole lot easier to navigate through. And then even then, if you don't do it that way, where you actually need a degree, of course, a lot of, a lot of um, schools, I mean, a lot of jobs want degrees, um, which is, which funny enough, it was, is better now than it was back when I was coming and I graduated through college. Cause and when I was graduating through college, they wanted a certain GPA and they wanted all of these credentials in order to um, hire you where now as long as you are able to complete the, um, the written and the um, digital test, the, um, the programming test, yeah. they're like, oh, okay, you're legit. Let's come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as much you could have a 1.8, and as long as you look like you can code and you actually get this work done, they're like, okay, good. We'll hire you. Yeah, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, we're good to go. So, I mean, like, definitely make sure that whatever you're interested in getting into, get ahead of the curve as fast as you can because the last thing you want to do is actually learn start learning in college and now you're trying to figure it out in college and so now you're spending most of your time trying to figure it out yeah if you could have done it in high school you already know 
then all you're doing is just getting the coursework, getting the assignments done so you can go ahead and be done with it and get out of college, hopefully within the four years. Right. That makes a lot of sense, actually, because it's, I, to my knowledge, I know that it takes a long time. I've always, I always hear that, man, it took me like days to code or like, you know, I heard something like that. So man. developing that skill, right. It must take so long and you don't want to be doing that and then doing your homework and then, you know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. And matter of fact, cause I remember <laughs> my first um, semester in college, you know, there were my, there might've been about, how many of us in there now? object-oriented class, about 200 of us, 200 of us in that class. Damn, 200? <laughs> yeah, there might have been two. Yeah, there was 200. I mean, it was crazy. You know, technology had just taken off, um, and, and everybody was talking about it. Of course, with uh, Y2K and all that, everybody was like, oh, my goodness, Y2K. And oh, so, Y2K, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody was talking about technology right after that. So it's like, okay, yeah, get into a field of um, technology. But what was happening was people were just getting into it, um, just knowing about technology, but they hadn't done any technology prior to getting to college. And so the mindset was, okay, you get into college and just learn technology. But really what helped me was, and even though I still didn't kind of stick with that course, um, but what, ha- what helped me was my, my, soft, my first semester, I learned, I already knew some of the technology and how some of the program worked. So when I went to the class, all I had to do was like, oh, okay, let me figure out the logic. How should this work? And then once I figured out how it could work, then I just applied the programming to it. And so yeah. I'm in there doing the class. I'm in there doing the assignments. I'm out of the door like in a couple of hours. I have some uh, friends. They're like, "And can you done with the program already?" It's like, "Yeah, that's all you do is this, 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 and this." But I can't, you know. Of course, I can't share them the code because then that's um, that's um, what you call it. Uh, I can't. I don't want to say copywriting. But um, I forgot what mm-hmm. the term is, where it's kind of copying the work. So then, of course, then you have to go in front of the well, like plagiarism. Word. Plagiarism, yes. Yeah. So um, you can't just show exactly what you did because it has to look different, completely different. But um, oh, okay, yeah, it makes yeah. Sense. Mm-hmm. But um, that's kind of how I was doing it. And so some of those guys who were with me on that first semester didn't see him in the second semester. I mean, that two hundred got cut in half. The next semester. <laughs> Shit. And I think it might have got cut down again um, by my sophomore year. Oh, man. And literally, we, people were dropping like flies out of um, <laughs> computer science. They, they were just falling out. Yeah, man. So, I mean, yeah, it must be tough, you know? Like, man, this is. <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, it was, just, it was new. Like, it was new territory for a lot of people. Like, if you've never seen code, if you never knew how code worked, um, if you know how, and, and even then, even if you know how to think logically, cause there's, that's the other part of it. People can know how to code, but if you can't think logically how the process should work, then you're not going to be cut out for tech, for, um, for, for tech, for, um, coding. You're just not going to be cut out for it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's that other aspect of it. So if you can't think about, okay, how do I get A, B, C, and D to work in this sequence, then you probably shouldn't code. I hate to tell people that, but it's kind of, it helps a lot. It really helps a lot. Right. And that, and that goes for, it, when, when you say thinking logically, so it, what's the opposite? So the opposite would be like, you're, try, you're, you're overthinking a problem? Is that, your, is that pretty much what you're trying to say? So, so the opposite of, 
let me see if I could find a term for not thinking logically, it would be kind of just, just going in and, and doing it oh, like, okay. without much thought because, you, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a person with a house, if you just start building a house with no blueprint, of course, you're going to have the bathroom in one place. You probably have the master bathroom <laughs> and the master bedroom on complete opposite sides of the house. <laughs> right. You had, and then the plumbing would be going into like the, uh, <laughs> into the bedroom where it doesn't need any plumbing at. And so it's the blueprint. A lot of people don't think about the blueprint portion of it. Okay. The blueprint actually gives you a layout of exactly how things should be structured in the house so that everything has some form of rhyme or reason. It's the same thing with coding. If you don't think about the blueprint and say, okay, well, I need this. It needs to look like this before I start getting into the code. Then you're going to get into the code and be like, oh, well, I forgot to do this. So now you got to go back and add that. And then yeah. you got to tweak that. And so then it takes you probably twice as long to complete the project or complete the coding, um, complete the code than if you would have actually thought to write it all out and kind of process what you need to do first before you got into the code. Right. And yeah, yeah, it makes, it makes sense. It, it kind of reminds me of when people say you have to think, you know, before you do something, you know, yeah. like, like, like just like that statement, I like think before you do. And, um, you, you know, oftentimes you see people just kind of do without thinking about like the repercussions of it or, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that without that, with, with the lack of those skills, um, I could definitely see someone in tech struggling. And it, I mean, it could probably apply to almost any industry. I, I could think Makes, about it yeah. photography. Like if, if you didn't go in and you just say, okay, I'm going to just take shots of somebody without even considering, okay, what are they wearing? The lighting, the, um, the positioning, like their poses, like you just took photos, then more often than not, I'm, and like I say, I'm not a photographer, but I would assume that the photos wouldn't look as good as if, okay, I'm taking all of these things into account. I right. know the location, I know the poses, I know, you know, which side of their body looks better than the other, lighting, and you're going to take better photos because you've taken note of all those things before taking your first shot. Exactly, exactly. And th th like, that's really accurate because oftentimes, you know, even me sometimes I run into a situation where I go into something quickly and, um, you know, I come back and I look at the photos and I have to do more work because now I have to edit 10 times more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I have to sit here and try to delete everything that I made mistakes on. So, yeah, no, nah, it makes total sense. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and speaking of that, too, um, speaking of attributes and things like that to have in these careers, so what's one that you've built over time working in tech? Like, let's say, for example, is it the patience that tech has kind of given you? Is it the being teachable, putting your ego aside, et cetera? I know for me, with photography, with podcasts, and just being a content creator, one thing that's, that's kind of stood out to me in, in marketing as well is the patience. To have patience to learn something, to have patience to, to dedicate a lot of time to something. What's your opinion, I guess, on that as well as like what, what's some of the things that like you've learned from tech? So I talked about this. Um, actually, I had an article written um, where um, I think Diversified Tech had asked me to share my story with them on their website. Um, mm -hmm. And they were asking kind of the same question there. And what I ended up saying, and I still agree with, is that being in this field 
especially working for like, because I work full time for a law firm, but then I also do uh, freelance and entrepreneurial work for uh, Be Creative as well. So along with all the other um, <laughs> things that I'm doing, <laughs> yeah. but um, but um, the one thing has helped me to understand is how to speak with the stockholders who are kind of the ones that are investing into the project. Into, and so when you talk with them about the coding aspect of what you're getting done, you have to be able to, I don't want to say simplify it, but you have to explain it in a way where they can easily understand what you're doing. And because and what happens is, Sometimes, you know, as coders, we talk a whole different language to people. Like, like when we talk right. to other coders, we understand what we're saying because we all speak the same language. But those who aren't in code don't understand what we're saying a lot of times. So we have to, we have to let the acronyms go. We have to let some of the tech talk go. And we have to say things in a way where those stockholders understand because they're going to ask you questions. They're going to be like, okay, well, why can't we do it this way? Or why can we do it this way? Why should we do it this way? Right. If you can't express it in a way where they understand clearly what the objective is or why this objective can't be completed in this format or fashion, then they're going to be, they're going to start asking questions like, well, why should we continue to fund this? Or why should we, um, why, sh maybe we should go find, maybe we should, maybe we should go find someone else who could assist to get this done. So mm -hmm. you have to, so as the person who is in the code, or who's doing the code, they have to be able to share their knowledge as the expert and explain so they can look and actually be the expert in the room when it comes to the program. So Makes that's kind of, of one of the that's one of, that's one of the major attributes that I always suggest to people is if they can if they can get into the field, if they get if they get into the field, make sure you're able to talk on like a professional company like um way where they're able to understand what you're trying to explain to them. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I like that. And, and I mean, like, and just, I'm sorry. And what I was going to say is because what normally happens with me, what those conversations I had have had at the full time that mm -hmm. I know how to speak and talk with them and actually explain to them how something works. It's much easier for me to do it when I'm doing it for my, freelance um, be creative projects because when I talk to clients, I can say, okay, well, let me explain this to you in a way where you can see why we're doing it this way and why we're not doing what you suggested on the front. Right. Yeah. I think, um, do you think that also helps you kind of understand like tech too as well, like being able to simplify it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I think it works um, both ways. So, because not only does it work for stock, um, those stockholders or stakeholders um, for the project, it also comes back to me where I can say, okay, now that I have a, because you know you have to tell yourself first before you can tell them, because you already know they're gonna, if you already know <laughs> they're not gonna understand it. Yeah. So, you to, so you have to say, okay, knowing that they're gonna ask questions about why this hasn't been implemented yet how do I explain this in a way where I don't 
overwhelmed them. So you have to come back and say to yourself, okay, I did this because A, B, C, X, Y, Z. And then once you're able to understand what you're trying to say, then you can come to them and tell them, okay, this is why I did it this way. So it's kind of works both ways. And then even then, um, as a, as a developer, say if you have somebody who's learning how to code as well, you can explain to them, okay, this is why, this is my process. This is why the process was done this way. And I'll show you why I did it this way. And then they'll have a better understanding of why you did something that way. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, Makes sense. Also, it must put a, like a lot of trust, you know, into from client to, you know, you, that must instill a lot of trust in that process too. And that's really oh, good. Absolutely. absolutely. The number one thing I always tell people, and this is just me from a business standpoint, it's always, hey, any, you can find anybody that can code a website. I mean, you can find anybody who can probably code. If someone's a coder or developer, you can probably find them out here and they'll probably do you a website without a problem. I mean, and, and plus there's so many quick and easy ways to do websites. I mean, you can go to Wix, you can go to Weebly, you can go to WordPress, you can use any of these platforms to build a quick website. The way we differentiate ourselves from our um, our competition, and I say competition, even though I like I would prefer to you know collaborate with them. Oh, but, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for those who don't want to collaborate, I have to say the competition. So, um, <laughs> but um, for that, I, I mean, like literally, I'm just look. My number one thing is customer experience. If I can provide you a great customer experience that differentiates from my competitors, then my service is going to stand out from those around me. I have to always show my best. And even if I don't give them my best, you know, apologize and be like, hey, look, I apologize that this isn't, that this isn't, didn't work out. It wasn't my intention, but this is what I'm going to do to make up for it. And mm-hmm. then usually just that one apology. And I mean, even if, even if they, decide, okay, well, that apology isn't enough. They'll still remember it. The last thing you want is for someone to bad mouth you. Right. Um, especially on the internet. Oh, damn. Because it's personal then. Once they bad mouth you on the internet, it's personal. And yeah. So either, because then you only have two ways of, either you respond to it or you let it burn. I mean, it's, it's, one, of the, <laughs> it's one of the two options. So, and I mean, me being who I am, I, I hate to, I hate to uh, fire shot. So I just let it burn. And, you know, cause I've had clients like that before. They'll come up and, you know, they'll, some, someone has recommended me and then someone, they'll pop up. And I'm just like, well, yeah, well, <laughs> well I, 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 I can't, I can't get on there. Cause if I get on there, then it's going to escalate. And then you don't have like, <laughs> you have one of those wildfires. I can't have a wildfire situation. So what I normally would do is comment to that person and say, Hey, this is what happened. I'll explain to you the situation. This is what happened. It wasn't intentional, but it didn't care for the service. And hopefully that doesn't discourage you. And I promise, I hopefully I promise that our situation won't be like that situation, but mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best to deescalate that on a one-to-one basis instead of actually trying to go into like a someone's comments on Facebook and say, Hey, uh, nah, it wasn't like that. It was like this. And you know, mm-hmm. this, that wildfire kind of 
stems up right there. That's the last thing I want is a situation where I look like the bad guy. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's, it's always good that you're ensuring the client, you know, that it's really good that you do that as well, because yeah, we don't want those wildfires, man. And that's one thing about the internet, man. It just, it, it spooks me. I'll be honest, oh, because all it takes is one opinion. And then like for other people to see that opinion and they say, you know, you're finished. Like it just yeah, takes one yeah, opinion to get yeah. you up out of here. No matter how much good work you've done, you know, it yeah. just that one bad review is like, oh, well, he's this and that. Yeah, I don't exactly. know about this fucking guy. You know, <laughs> so, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Got a homeboy like that who, well, it wasn't, it wasn't like he intended it. He actually did a tweet that wasn't even a big deal. But then um, I guess a certain group of individuals kind of felt <laughs> like, you know, he was trying to look good in you know, I, I, it was something really weird. Like he tried, it's like, it, it, they thought he was trying to belittle a certain group of people with his tweet, but it wasn't even intended that way. And so they just, you know, they, they, they let him have, it. I mean, there was like tons of, I want to say tons of retweets, you know, cause who knows what, but I mean, it, it had to be like 10 or 15 retweets and a whole bunch of people commenting on his page, his um, profile and stuff. And he was like, listen, I don't know why they thought that was a, a bad tweet. I can understand why I can see it from the perspective, but really they don't even know the whole story. Right. So if they were, if they would have checked out the whole story, then yeah, maybe they would, maybe they would understand if all of this backfire isn't warranted, but you know, Twitter, you know, social media is a, is a one way street for a lot of people. They only see what you tweet and they think they know the whole story. That's, that's kind of why you have to, you don't, you don't want to have to tweet or post or comment a whole bunch of things so people can understand the whole situation. But, you know, if you don't know the whole situation, you probably are better off not tweeting or commenting onto someone else's um <laughs> Yeah. And tweets are dangerous, man, if you're not careful. <laughs> no, yeah, man. They are. I, that's, that's why I almost go safe every time. I go on, I go safe. I'm just like, if someone says something crazy, I'm like, well, you know, good luck, hope everything run, works for you. I don't go in and be like, well, what you do that for? Because then here it is. Yeah, here it comes. Buckle <laughs> up. Squad is yeah. on the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you better buckle up, man. Shit. I'm telling you. But, um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because the other day I told you, oh, yeah, like you always find the most, like, profound way to tell the truth, you know, and, like, it's funny yeah. you mentioned that because I'm thinking about it now. It's like, yeah, it's probably a good way to go about it because if you said how you really felt, yeah, oh, I don't know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Two <laughs> things. See, when I talk on Twitter, I talk in a way where it's kind of like a, it's a parable of sorts. So I talk this in a way where it's like, okay, I tweet out a general statement that is very general. And the only reason why you can get offended by it is because you're looking for a reason to get offended. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But it is tweeted out. It's, it's kind of, it's, a, it's, it's the best general subtweet there is. And so I just tweet out a general statement, something that people if you're following along, you probably could get, but in most instances, if you just see it, it's just like, then you could probably apply it to any situation in most cases. Yeah, exactly. So, so can't nobody move. get mad. <laughs> yeah, it's my move, it's my move. Damn, man. It's crazy what we got to do these days, man. I swear. I, I know, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, going, going back to... Um, Go back to freelancing and stuff that you mentioned there. Uh, would you prefer freelancing or do you like a job? I know you do both, so it's like kind of interesting. But like, 
yeah, which, which one would you prefer if you had to, had a, uh, can't even talk, if you had to have a choice? <laughs> oh, man. It, oh, gosh, because they both have their positives and negatives. I think if I were to kind of, if I were to make money equally across both of them, mm-hmm. I probably would do freelancing more just because of the freedom, but still, freedom doesn't really mean that you're necessarily free because actually the freelancer, you work more more hours than you do as, at a job. When you work the job, it's, you know, 40 hours, you go home. I mean, you might have to think about some stuff excuse me, while you're, um, <clears throat> excuse me, while you're home. But in the, in that instance, you're, once you're off the clock, you're technically off the clock. You don't have to think about that stuff. But as a freelancer, you're always technically on. So you have to engage with social media. You have to engage with um, people within your uh, community, you have to create content, you have to create the website. And so there's a lot of things that you have to do, but I think ultimately you have to decide what the goal is. Like I've said numerous times, you have to understand, figure out what your goal is when you're trying to do what you're trying to do. Are you trying to, if you're trying to do like me, where you're trying to build a community, then yeah, you have to put in a little overtime to get it in. But I personally like both because I think they provide a challenge to me that I couldn't get from one or the other. So when I'm working full time, I'm working with people, work with a team and actually trying to resolve a situation that needs to be completed in a certain timeline for Mm -hmm. freelancing. It's more of, okay, I'm creating my own timeline and I have to be accountable to myself and in order to build these teams, I have to find people who are willing to be on a team with me to get this thing accomplished, which is great because then you're, you're bringing in people that you, you know and love and respect, and you know that y'all can work together in most instances. Right. At a full time, you know, it's, you're just thrown into the team that's there. You can't control who's the team. But uh, I, think, yeah. I think both of them provide a great opportunity for a developer or coder programmer because being in office you you still get the opportunity to learn about office etiquette mm-hmm. and then you can take a lot of the stuff that you learn from your full-time that office etiquette the um the communications all that stuff and bring it back to your freelance um job freelance um work got it got it yeah yeah, that's, that's dope because, you know, it gives you a good, a perfect blend of, you know, I, I think for, um, I haven't had a marketing job quite yet, but in freelancing, I have noticed a couple of things. So the first thing is, like you said, you, you never turn off. And that brought me in, that, that gave me a little bit of anxiety when you were mentioning all the things, <laughs> content creation, all this and that, like, oh, shit, like my heart's starting to pound already. <laughs> Literally. No, that's funny. It's yeah. funny because I get anxiety all the time. I think about this stuff. I'm just like, okay. Like like we were talking about off the um off air there, like, Literally, what I do is, okay, how can I stay inspired? Because, you know, if you don't stay inspired, the other end of not being inspired is being anxious and getting anxiety. And the last thing you want to do is be anxious because then nothing you do from a creative standpoint will ever work because you're, right. you're too anxious, you're too upset, you're too disappointed with how things are progressing. You're just like, you know what, forget it. I'm done. I've had, I've had friends who have said, yo, I'm I'm taking a break from the creative space because 
there's too much anxiety, there's too much expectation and demand, and it just gets exhausting. It's true, yeah, hundred percent, man. It's you, like you say, you never turn off. There's a lot of expectations on you. Oftentimes, like you'd be if you don't have a team that, like you said, that you built around you, then you're just the one that's solely responsible. And that can take a lot out of you, man. Like if you have multiple projects you're managing and if you're managing a nine to five and you're doing all these other things, man, that can run you down. So even from a health standpoint, I think I got to be a lot more careful too, because with all this anxiety and stress, like I don't want this to turn into something, you know what I mean? So I've I've been learning, especially this year, because this year has been the year that I've really went hard. For for (laughs) example, like I've always been into photography and I've always been into creating things, but I never actually like went in, you know, and gave it like a complete effort because I'm like, well, I'm 25 now. If me see what happens and if it don't work out, I can figure out something else at this point, you know? So that was going in my head, going into it. Somebody, well, let me give it my all here. And it's been good. But on the other side of that, it's like, well, damn, I really just want to sleep for like a week. (laughs) Yeah, there, there it is. There it is. And it's crazy. Like, I mean, I think like for me, 2019, because I've been down those roads that you have been on. And so when you talk about like those anxieties and like, okay, I got to get a client. Um, And I mean, I've, you know, I'm a data cruncher as well. I like, I just do numbers. And so I know, okay, two clients every month, two clients every month to get my numbers. This is my numbers. This is the number goal that I have for the year. And I get two clients. And so knowing those numbers, like, okay, push, 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 push. But then at the same point, you know, like I said, you're not taking care of your well-being. And so, and of course, as, as we know, as creators, if we're not taking care of our, our best selves, then we're not doing our best work. And eventually True. you're going to, you're going to crash. You have to crash because we're just, that's just how we're built. I mean, I don't know a creator who's built unless, you know, I mean, unless you're Gary Vee, and I don't even think Gary Vee is on all the time, but I don't think anybody can sit there and push, 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 push all the time because eventually you're just going to run into that rut and you're just going to be like, okay, now I got to take a month or two break just to get my mind back into a creative state. And yeah. That's why I've been focusing on, even with my, with my peers in the community, I'm like, okay, well, even though we have meetups, I'm like, look, if you can't make it to the meetup, no biggie. I don't, I'm not going to press you and be like, yeah, you need to be at this meetup. Why are you not at the meetup? Because <laughs> I get it. I absolutely get it. I'm just like, look, I, I wouldn't expect you to do something that I couldn't do because I know if I go to other meetups that aren't mine, then I feel pressure to be there. Then it's going to be anxiety and I'm going to get bored and then I'm just be there just out of obligation. I don't want you there out of obligation. Right. I want you to be there because you're going, you're getting something out of it, but you're also willing to bring something to it. That's going to help everybody else. The goal is to grow and nurture everybody so that everybody can, you know, build something greater than themselves. They can't do it if they're only bringing 10% of themselves to the group. Very true. Very true. And do you have a, do you have any like philosophies around or do, not philosophies actually, what's the word I'm looking for? Hmm. Uh, with all your experience freelancing, right? Like when, when do you know when it's time to break or do you schedule breaks? Cause that's something that's kind of new to me as well. 
I think you do a mixture. I think you do a mixture of both. And so the best way to do it, like I had mentioned there um, earlier, is if you know what your income goal is, what you're trying to make per year, and you know how much it costs to make it, then what you do is you put you you, you tie the numbers. Okay, say for example, and I'm just throwing numbers out there. Say I'm, say for mm-hmm. example, I'm doing my goal for the year is to make five thousand dollars. I mean that's Credit low, but five, we'll just say five thousand dollars. And then you know, for you, know, you just divide it by 12 and say, okay, well, five thousand dollars divided by 12, you know, you're talking about I, I don't know the number off time, but we're saying maybe 300, um, 350 dollars, four dollars, about four dollars, um, yeah, about four dollars a month. And so, mm-hmm. knowing that number, you say, okay, well, how many clients will it take me per month to get that number? And you say, when it will say roughly, you know photography sessions, we'll just say $200, just, you know, to have a good number. So, yeah. Yeah. so you know, you have to, you know, to get two clients. But then what happens is because a lot of times we have an influx of clients, we're just like, oh man, let me get this extra money. Let me make this bank. You know, cause we're trying to make <laughs> some money. We're, we're trying to live, you know, we're trying to live our best lives. And so you're like, oh yeah, I can use this extra money so I can go on vacation or whatnot. And so you're taking, <laughs> you're taking extra money. And then next thing you know, but you never give yourself a chance to really rest like you were supposed to, to actually regroup and refocus and, you know, actually just enjoy being a creative. Like sometimes as a creative, we just got to go for a walk and just enjoy the sight. Yeah. If we don't, if we don't do that, then we're going to, like I said, we're going to, we're going to burn out. So the, the objective is knowing exactly how much you need to make per month in order so that you're not stressing yourself out. And then, even if you do go hard, like say, okay, I'm gonna go hard for two months. Give yourself, you know, two weeks after those two months to say, okay, well, I'm gonna just do me. This is dedicated time to myself where I can take care of myself and my well-being. well-being. So if someone says, if someone plans to schedule a photo shoot around that time, you say, hey, look, I can't do it at this time. I'm gonna be doing X. And so, but if you're available to do the photo shoot around this time, which is your actual times where you're going to, you were going to schedule for mm-hmm. do it then. Got it. But, but give yourself those two weeks or give yourself like if you're, if you're doing on a quota, say, okay, my quota's done. I'm not doing anything else for the month. And then the next month come, then you go back into it. But like I said, give yourself the ability to be flexible in your creative industry. Got it. I'll definitely take note of that. I will take your advice. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you, you know, I'll, I'll tweet you and ask you. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I know you got to get on it. But um, I really, I really like the fact that you brought up those boundaries, man. Because damn, that 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 is one thing that um I not struggle with, but I forget to do. Honestly, like sometimes a client wake me up at twelve o'clock in 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 the at midnight on a Saturday. I'm like, wait, I shouldn't be responding to this DM or no. this email at this hour. No. It, it should be I should be doing this Monday morning. Why am I doing this right now? And then I hit send, and then it turns into a full thing, and I'm tired. Full conversation. <laughs> and and uh, it's, 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 it's once you open that gate up, that gate is wide open for them because they're like, oh, okay, you're available to talk. Let's talk about it. I mean, exactly. and, and, and don't get me wrong, because I mean, unless you are in a situation where you direly need the money, like say, for example, you didn't make any money. Um, let me see, this is October. Say you didn't make anything August, September. So you're kind of been oppressed because you haven't met that quota. So you say, OK, well, yeah, then maybe you want to have that conversation, you know, late at night because you don't have anything to 
you have nothing to live off of. You got to do something. So right. you're, you're more engaged. But if you're already in a place where you're, you're sufficient and then you open that conversation up, because guess what? After you open it up one time, they're going to expect that same level of customer service throughout the yeah. duration of the whole project, the yeah. whole thing. True. So, so guess what? Even if you did the photo session, they're going to hit you up at 12 a.m. again. Like, hey, have you had a chance to uh, work the photos? No, I'm sleep. Oh, okay. Well, just let me know. And then they'll hit you up in two days later. Hey, so I've worked <laughs> the photos yet at 12 a.m. It's like, did we just talk two days ago? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Any, so, I mean, all right. So there's two ways you can either do that. You can say, you can either ignore it. I mean, ignoring is not good. I would say just only because you don't want to lose that potential client unless yeah. you're absolutely okay with losing them. Now, if you do want to accept that client, say, Hey, thanks for uh, responding. Um, I actually don't work on the weekends, but if you're still interested in me doing your photos or doing your work, um, I'll contact you on Monday and see how we can kind of get this going. And in most instances, they'll, uh, they'll respect it because guess what? They don't, they don't want to answer questions when they're working uh, about work on the weekend. So yeah. they're, res- they're respected enough to understand, okay, you don't work on the weekend. They'll, I'll hit them back up on Monday. Yeah. Oh man, that that's a good one, man. I, I think you. Yeah, uh, this is gonna help a lot. Honestly, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, like, 2019 has been exclusively focused on how to better my processes and not get overwhelmed because I can't afford it. As you can tell, I'm doing too much. I'm doing a lot of stuff now. Yeah, I'm yeah. spending all that time trying to, you know, triage clients and keep them from, you know, and have them take on all this stuff me taking all that stuff because of what they're providing me, then I'll be burned out. I can, I can dare focus on the peer support group. I can dare focus on my full-time work. I can dare try to, you know, create these communities I'm trying to create. I mean, it, it would be impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. It's a lot to do. It's a lot to do. And there's only one of us, you know what I'm saying? Or, or a small team. So we gotta, Absolutely. we gotta be, we gotta be our best, man, honestly. And, uh, and I'm honestly just sitting here just soaking this up because this is like, like I said, this is the first year that I'm kind of getting into all this. And, uh, um, I've been doing like freelancing for a very long time, but you know, like I said, this is the first time I'm going like all in and trying to get the most people I possibly can and reach those goals. So it's been a huge learning process. Even like last night, I was like, damn, like I really can't sleep because I was up doing other, you know, stuff around, you know, like, like I said, answering the emails and I'm like, when, when you're in work mode at like one o'clock in the morning, right. it kind of keeps you up, you know, <laughs> I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta but, stop this. So I'm definitely going, good space. yeah. If you're exactly. in a good space, you're exactly where you're supposed to be as a creative. You're exactly where what you want. You want right. to be in that space where you're so elated with what you're doing that you're excited that you can't stop doing it. But at the same point, you have to also be like, I think if you want to be in that space, the best space to do it, the best thing to do is just shut off all communication because what's going to happen is, so like if you're doing photos, that's fine. You're doing photos, you're doing the photo stuff right there in that, you know, elated space, that, mm-hmm. that flow space. That's where you want to be. But when you open up communication, it's a whole nother beast because then you're getting, you're talking to other people while you're trying to do the photos and eventually it's just a whole bunch of stuff going on. And like I said, now you're sending expectations to these clients, you know, days, weeks, months down the road that, hey, okay, you're available at 1 a.m. Let's chat it up. Right. <laughs> and, if right. You, and if you're not always available at one o'clock in the morning, 
<laughs> then don't even do it. Like, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, I did it just on a couple of nights ago. I, um, and, and it was me being, it was me thinking, okay, they're asleep. They're not going to be up. It was like three, it was like three thirty. Um, they had commented, um, they had sent me a text. Okay. Um, about something. I forgot what it was. They sent me a text about something. And then I just did like the, you know, double tap, um, heart on the iPhone that you can do by, um, each message. Yeah. The next thing you know, they're like, Oh, you're up. I know you were still up. I was like, eh. oh, like, oh no. <laughs> oh man. I was like, I'm up, but uh, you know, I'm about to go back to sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> it stops right here. <laughs> I'm stopping this one in advance right now. <laughs> That's comedy, man. But those are definitely those are definitely some good tips up here. We'll be implementing now and especially going into 2020. Trying to get Absolutely. better at better at boundaries. That like that's for sure, man. But Absolutely. um I also was going to ask you, um, so uh, what, what are some of the resources that, uh, you know, helped you learn web development? Oh, wow. So <laughs> I know it's kind of broad. But, yeah. Uh, I, so I'll say this. Um, and remember, this was the time when I was learning was 98. And so we didn't have a lot of the resources that are available now. Like you're not talking about, I think most of the resources I used when I was younger was, I would view the website's view source and then I would go on, um, what is it? Um, I would go to Barnes and Noble and, you know, Barnes and Noble just have these, have this one hour with a whole bunch of coding books. And so you would go there and you would try to read, hopefully find something that would resolve your situation. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so those were the only two ways at that point. Now, I mean, there were like, you know, um, what is it called message boards where you can set things up on message boards, but there was, but it wasn't like it is now where, um, over stack overflow was what, it, what it is now. Um, GitHub, you, you can go to GitHub, you can grab half of a program right there on GitHub and then you can kind of customize it into what works best for your situation or your program. Um, so a lot of the stuff that they have now is so much better. And like if, if, and not even to include YouTube, like YouTube back in, <laughs> I want to say YouTube back in 2005 wasn't nothing like what YouTube is now in 2019. Right. Like YouTube was just, oh, okay. It's just people posting up videos of their cats and stuff. Like, I mean, it was just the most randomness stuff. It was. There weren't really any YouTube, there were not any YouTube personalities yet. It was just, oh, okay. We're just getting on here. We just browse different various stuff. Like it was, it was like bad TV on yeah. at, at 2 a.m. <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> literally, you're just like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm watching the infomercial. And it looked like an infomercial because camera quality was, quality was bad. They were just taking video with their, it went with their phones because phones didn't have good quality. It was their camcorder. And then they just uploaded to YouTube. And you're just like, why did you even upload this at all? This was not a good idea. Yeah, YouTube but, is so ridiculous. I think one of my first videos I watched on it was probably, I don't know, I, I think I seen a, a dad throw away this kid's Xbox and he was like livid. And I'm like, why Why am I watching this? <laughs> what's going on? But you know what's funny? Like back then, YouTube was like, eh, okay, I don't understand what's going on. But now YouTube is like the source for every, like I've, I've actually replaced, you know, well, me, not my wife. My wife still loves TV. Um, cable TV, but for me, like I can watch YouTube for hours because like I've curated my um, playlist in a way where I'm watching more like creative stuff. Um, 
what else? I'm also watching, you know, some of your YouTube influencers that I that I really like. I'm also watching um kind of historical stuff where I'm kind of learning about why certain things were a certain way and why they created it that way back then. Cause that actually helps with my creative um energy as well, my creative juices. So yeah. when I'm watching some of this stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, that's why they did that back in the day. No wonder why. And then you start thinking, well, I wish they would have kept that. And then you kind of implement it into something that you're working on right now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I love about YouTube is because you're actually getting people. It's, it's kind of some of it's opinion based, but you can take some, some of what you're applying right there on YouTube. And it's in most cases unfiltered. You take it and you try to apply that certain thing into what you're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely one of the reasons why I, I do enjoy it as well. <laughs> like I, yeah. I will burn, like I will burn hours. I'll be on my phone. I'll be, I have it connected to my TV. Um, and so in most instances, if, if I go on vacation somewhere, if I go on a trip somewhere out of town, I'm more likely to watch YouTube than to turn on the TV and watch, unless it's like sports. Oh if yeah, not, of course. <laughs> if it's not sports, <laughs> I'm probably not watching my cable television. Cause I mean, my wife has YouTube, I mean, um, Netflix. I mean, even she, even though she has Netflix, I don't watch Netflix. I probably watch Netflix, maybe a 10th the amount mm-hmm. of that watch YouTube just cause I'm a YouTube head. Yeah. That's, the, that's definitely something that, cause yeah, even for Netflix is okay. If there's a series I really like, and that's really yeah. rare. I don't really like move. I don't like shows or movies really. I know it mm-hmm. sounds weird, but I'm not that type of guy. So YouTube, I feel like I can look up educational content. And then after yeah. I'm done with that, I can take a break and watch some, I don't know, a car review you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and get back but into learning so like yeah yeah youtube's clutch man but that's exactly right because honestly when i go on like if if i'm watching something i'm going in i'm saying okay well let me take this information out now i'm done i mean like i say if i'm and, and, and like i say like you say with the netflix thing netflix you're watching a movie so you have to almost if you miss one thing in the movie then it's like, oh, okay, now I got to go and start all over again and figure yeah. out what did I miss. Or you <laughs> show, you're, you, you know, there's so many episodes to the show. You feel like, oh, okay, now that I watch this episode, I got to watch this episode to see what happens in the episode. And I feel like TV in the series standpoint is kind of a time suck because now that they got you locked in on one hour, one hour episode, now you're going to spend a whole bunch of duration of time to watch the remaining episodes. And so now you've burned probably at least 50 hours if you have 50 episodes that's about 50 hours right there of your life that you can't get back that's two hours i mean two days you could have well let me see yeah two days you could have did something else actually Jeez. created something with your life that's crazy you watching something yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it sounds crazy when you actually look at the numbers you're like man wow 50 hours of watching something that's two days you could have been doing something yeah and i mean not not that i'm you know saying you you shouldn't you you don't have the right to binge watch something but for me been watching a show doesn't really give me a whole lot of benefit except okay what's the next what's going to be on the next episode what's going to be next and you know talk about it with friends if i want to talk about it with friends but really i don't talk about shows like that <laughs> yeah i hear you <laughs> <No>. <laughs> me neither man oh man 
but I, I really didn't mean to cut you off and like get in a tangent. No, you're good. What was, you're what good. was uh, I forgot what we were even talking about? Oh yeah, so it was the resources. So you mentioned YouTube as being one. Okay, now I remember how we got there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then um, yeah, so uh, if you if you were finished it, then that's cool. But if you had anything else to say um, as oh, far no, as resources go, yeah, then go for it. No, that was that was about it. Um, because well, the only other resource that I use now, and I've kind of you know, been intentional with this on social media is finding people who are kind of doing the same things that I'm doing. And like I, like I had mentioned before in regards to connecting and collaborating with people, the idea is you link up with people who are kind of like you are either ahead of you or behind you. Cause ultimately I'm trying to, like I said, I'm trying to create, we're trying to create this community, but at the same point, you know, there's people who might know something more than you do. And in more cases, they do. If they're already ahead of you, they can actually help you and guide you in your uh, endeavor. So that's something that's one of that's become one of my most um, discussional resources that I have available to me. So I can go out and say, hey, I know somebody who does this. Let me reach out to them. Or if, um, if even if they don't know, they have a um, they have a circle that may know I can reach out to their circle, like I had mentioned before. So just the ability to use that resource and actually reach out to somebody who might know somebody else who can actually show me or point me to a resource online that I could use to help resolve a situation or learn something has been probably the most and maybe the top resource I have available to me right now. Right. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. That's good. Would you say that, um, you know, something like uh, like certifications, would you say those are also like something that people should look into as well, like those courses? Because I've been looking on like those certification sites lately. And I've been running across a lot of good things. Would you suggest yeah. that as well? Yeah. So, so it, it really depends on, like I said, your goals and your objectives yeah, goal. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're, if you're looking to be exclusively full-time um, an entrepreneur, um, have your own freelance business. I mean, the only goal of really getting a cert is to just confirm and verify that you know what you know. That's, yeah, got that's it. it. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing it for. Now, of course, if you're working for a full-time job, full-time jobs almost automatically pivot towards someone who actually has a cert because they want to confirm that you know what you know. It's not really a verification as much as just confirming because they don't want to hire somebody who's not specifically skilled in a certain area. Yeah. So, you know, they'll, they'll look at your degree first to figure out, okay, are you, are you specified in this area? Then they'll look at cert. And then after, after they look at that, they'll still test you (laughs) (laughs) to make sure you know what you know. And so if you don't know what you know, then you still won't get a job even if you have certs and stuff. Damn, man. Damn, it's yeah, rough. I mean, it's, like, it's, 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 it's a crazy process for full time. But um, like I said, it's, it's just the way, it's kind of the way of the environment right now. Like I said, because coding is so easy to pick up and learn and try out. And, you know, they're, really what these um, organizations and these um, full-time jobs are looking for, they're looking for that you understand the general practices and strategies and theories of coding so that your code doesn't look like a complete train wreck in comparison to the team's code 
Mm-hmm. They don't want it to. They don't want it to look so different that okay, now I got to figure out why did you code it this way instead of coding it this way, which has been the way to code it for decades for a decade. So wow. that's kind of where that's kind of where they are with that now. Which I mean, you know, is is good and is is good because it kind of keeps the general practice in play. But at the same point, you know, sometimes you're kind of like, eh, you know, the old way isn't always the best way. We always, you know, right. how we are. You know, when you're when you're trying to do something different, you're like, okay, sure, I can take a, I can do a code this way, or I can take a flow this way. But sometimes you want to bend the rules just a little bit to see what is available to you by bending that rule. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You you, you want to know all the rules so then you can figure out where to break them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. So yeah. that's what I was saying in there. You like to search search. If anything, kind of too long didn't read. Um, Certs don't hurt, but, you know, just know why you're getting a cert to begin with. Got it. Yeah, it makes sense to me, man. Yeah. Well, um, man, I thank you. You, you came up here and gave, and gave so much info, and uh, you brought me back to my nostalgic days <laughs> with the roller coaster tycoon, so thank you. <laughs> hey, no worries. But, um, yeah, man, so, yeah, I appreciate you for coming on the show, man. How can we support you and, you know, check out your work and things of that nature? So big thing right now, um, I mean, the best way to reach me right now is, you know, to follow me on social media, Instagram, um, Twitter, um, at Kenneth, Kenneth Speaks, K-E-N-N-E-T-H Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then um, I'm on LinkedIn if you find me. Pretty much, if you find me on those two, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's not even a problem. Like I said, I'm more likely than connect with you on LinkedIn um, on all platforms. But um, yeah, and, and like I said, I'm I'm the guy. I'm approachable. I'm not gonna be like, oh wow, you know, I'm a star. Don't reach out to me. But I'm um, a star. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, I'm a star. So, like, like literally, just reach out to me. Just send me a DM and be like, hey, you know. I love what you're talking about. We'd love to collaborate with you. I mean, I'm 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 super approachable, man. I I I I am I'm humbled. I'm just that guy. I'm just like you. So I mean, I'm humble with anybody who reaches out. Definitely good to know, man. Good to know, and that's and that's true. I can confirm that he's a really good dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I'll have the website up sometime by the end of this year. Um, next year it's gonna be on the next Hey everyone, that'll wrap up this week's episode. I hope you found this one valuable. Once again, I appreciate you for listening and I encourage you to subscribe and share and leave some feedback as well. That'd be greatly appreciated. Also, you can find us on all social media platforms at Creative Assist and that's at C-R-E-A-T-V-A-S-S-I-S-T and creativeassist.com as well. So I hope to talk to you next time on the next episode of the Creative Assist podcast. Until then, take care.